there's been a message um, whenever Brother Denny resigned and I filled the pulpit along with other men in the church. Um, There's one message that stuck out with, to me a lot, and I talked about foundations then, and it's in Matthew chapter 7, we'll be there, 24 through 27. And uh, it's just a, for whatever reason, and several, probably the majority of you heard this message before, uh, I changed a little bit of it. Lana asked me, he's like, well, you change anything? He's like, no. <laughs> but um, I did change a little bit of it, but not, not too much. But it's just a message that has been on my mind a lot for some reason for quite some time. Uh, I think it was, it was a message I really enjoyed teaching and that had that was very practical and that uh, was very simple to understand. And um, so it was a message I, I enjoyed teaching, enjoyed studying it. And so, uh, luckily, uh, I still have quite a few of my messages, the notes on my iPad, so I was just able to look it back up and went over the notes today. And so, some of you have probably heard this before, uh, but then again, probably a lot of you don't remember hearing hearing it, or, you know, a lot of you probably couldn't even tell me what pastor preached on last week, so I'm not too concerned, so. <laughs> Short-term memory. Okay, so. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 27. If you would stand as we read God's word, and we'll get into it here. Matthew chapter 20, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, excuse me. This is uh, the last part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that we're going to read here. In verse 24, it says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will take, I will liken him unto a wise man which buildeth his house upon a rock. And the rains ascended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, uh, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains ascended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and great, uh, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this evening. I just pray that you'd help me uh, as I preach your word, present your word, teach your word here, Lord, that uh, that I would not be a distraction, Lord, but I would only say what you'd have me to say, Lord. Uh, I thank you for this opportunity that you've uh, presented to me, Lord. I just pray that uh, you'd help me. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd uh, bless each and one that made a point to be here this evening, Lord. I pray that we'd have open ears and open hearts to hear from you. I ask and pray this in your son's name. Amen. So talking about foundations this evening, um, who wants to, you don't want to talk any, who wants to guess what's the average depth of a skyscraper's foundation? How far down does it go? So that would be like the piers that they put down in the ground. Anyone want to throw a number out there? The average. Brother Terry? 150. 100, 150, yep. 100's what, it, what Google showed me, but it's, it's pretty far down there. What's the tallest building? In our hemisphere, anybody know? Tallest building in our hemisphere. It's in New York, the One World Trade Center. One, who knows how tall it is? When I tell you, you're not going to forget, hopefully. No? It's 1,776 feet, 1776. I think they did that on purpose. It's the tallest building in our hemisphere. Tallest building in the world is in Dubai. It stands um, almost 1,000 foot above that, 2,717 feet. And that... Um, that uh, skyscraper in Dubai um, 
foundation goes 175 feet into the ground. Um, a foundation can be described as the underlying base or principle for something. So for, our, for what we're talking about tonight, um, a foundation for what we're going to be talking about tonight is not necessarily your background. A lot of times you can you know, say, well, my background is, is my foundation. It's kind of where I came from. But it's not for, for our purposes tonight, uh, your background is not related to your foundation. Your background being where you grew up, where your parents are from, the lifestyle that you grew up in, that would be more the structure that you built upon your foundation for our illustration tonight. But anyways... So for the passage that we have uh, before us here tonight, uh, I have three things I want to talk about for it. Um, first, we see there in the passage, this is Jesus. If, if your Bible has red lettering, this is, these letters are in red. But I want to see why Jesus says, here is these sayings of mine. What's he talking about when he says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. What sayings is Jesus talking about? So we have to go back and see what Jesus is talking about. If you're familiar with this portion of passage, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's probably, I would say, probably my favorite passage in the Bible because, you know, it's it's teaching exactly from Jesus. So it's kind of like the best teaching you can get. Um, so so we have to look back and see what what's these sayings that Jesus is talking about. So let's do a quick recap through the Sermon on the Mount. If you go back to chapter 5, you have... Um, Verse, verse 5, or chapter 5, verse 3 through 11, you have what we call the Beatitudes. And then Jesus goes in and teaches on five of the Ten Commandments throughout the rest of his um, Sermon on the Mount. And in you have the Sixth Commandment, Thou shalt not murder, found in verse 21. 20, 20 21, um, Jesus talks about murder. And then you have the seventh commandment, uh, not to commit adultery. You have that found in verse 27 and 28. And then you have um, thou shalt not steal being the eighth commandment. Um, Jesus talks about that in verse 33 through 37. I'm, I know I'm kind of going fast, but then you have the eighth commandment, thou shalt not steal. I'm sorry, the ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness. Over in chapter 6 now, you have um, Jesus talks about the hypocrisy of uh, giving out in public versus um, the correct way to, to give charity. And then you, you have the hypocrisy or hypocritical of prayer and the correct way to pray. You also have hypocritical fasting. And then the 10th commandment, I believe you find over in verse 19, uh, thou shall not covet. And Jesus talks in verse 19 about where to put your treasure, you know, leave your treasure here on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, or leave your treasure in heaven. Um, so he, he kind of goes through part of the Ten Commandments, and that's kind of a very quick fast forward through the Sermon on the Mount. And then Jesus goes here where we are right now in verse 24, chapter 7, he says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. So that's what he's talking about, what he just preached on, Okay. These sayings of mine, found in verse 24 and 26, are referring to Jesus' teaching in the Scripture. Okay, so that's kind of the, I guess the, you say, foundation of what we're teaching. That's uh, That lays the ground for it. So, two, two other points that I want to make, and the first point was pretty short, obviously, but the two other points are the storms and the uh, foundations themselves. So, the storms. In the passage, in this passage, we find two different situations. We find a wise man who listened to Jesus and built his house upon the rock, and the storms came. And then we find a foolish man who did not listen to Jesus' teaching. So let's look at the description of the storms. And this is kind of 
this is what drew me to this passage right here. If you look in verse 25, y'all follow along with me. It says, And the rains ascended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. Now that's talking about the man that built his house upon the rock. Now if you jump down to uh, verse 27, it says, And the rains ascended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. Now that's talking about the man who did not listen to, not heed the the teaching of Jesus, and built his house, his spiritual life, upon the sands. Now, do you all notice any similarity in the storms? Hopefully you do, because they're, like, identical. They are identical. This, the storm that the man who built his house upon the rock, built his, his life style upon the teachings of Jesus, the storm that is described is the same storm that gets described upon the man that built his house upon the sand, upon not Jesus' teaching. So... What, what's the purpose of that? What's, what's the point of me bringing that to your attention? I will tell you. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the purpose is the fact that I'm trying to draw from this, is, from this passage and bring to your attention is the storms of life are the same for believers and non-believers. Um, it, you don't get a pass on life storms just because you're a follower of Jesus. It, it just does not happen. Storms are a reality in our lives. They are, they are part of our lives. Whether you want to admit it or not, they are there, and they will come. They have come. There's enough life experience in this room that people have been through not only physical storms but spiritual storms. Here, What do we call ourselves here in more? I was asking my wife this. Are we called more Moridians? More morons? I don't know, but... If if I if I if I asked somebody that lived in Moore on May twenty third, two thousand thirteen, anybody live in Moore on May twenty third, two thousand thirteen? Some people did or lived in the surrounding area and asked you about that day. Could could you tell me about that day? You could, because you lived in Moore. People that did, did not are kinda of like, well, it happened on May May twenty third, um, two thousand thirteen. Or or if I say I did not live here this time, but if I asked you if uh, where were you? What happened on May third, nineteen ninety nine? If I if I present that to you, that question to you, and you are a moron, <laughs> uh, a, a person that lived in Moore, you could probably tell me about that day. You could tell me what happened that day. The things, uh, and if, if you if you don't know, uh, on May twenty third, two thousand thirteen, there was a tornado that hit Moore, Oklahoma. Uh, did an estimate in $2 billion in lost, in lost dollars, 210-mile-per-hour winds, and 24 fatalities. May 3rd, 1999, uh, is estimated $1 billion lost. Uh, today's value would be about $1.5 billion. Uh, have one, a 301-mile-per-hour wind, which I was told before that that was the highest wind recording on Earth. Um, and there was 36 fatalities. So I did, I did not live here May 3rd, 1999. I remember it because we have friends that lived in Moore, uh, but I was living in Texas at the time. But I can tell you very vividly about May 23rd, 2013, because I went through a storm that day. I remember. I remember I, I, I worked a two-to-two two shift that day, so I got up at one in the morning and went to work and got off at two in the afternoon, came home, took a shower, and uh, I remember the tornado uh, sirens going off after that and Lana calling me and and um, she was saying, hey, you need to leave. And I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And ended up leaving leaving the house. I remember I, 
because I just got out of the shower, so I only had I had my Crocs on for my shoes, was <laughs> was what I had on, and so I uh, so I left the house and I drove down to on the service road of I-35 to that Free Will Baptist College, which no longer is Free Will, it's called something else now, Rand Rand Randall Randall University now. And I, remember, I watched the tornado go through more right there and just kind of on the side of the road. And I remember I was driving back to my apartment. And I remember um, things I've seen that day that I've never seen before. Uh, i seen a, cause I lived on 19th Street and just, um, it, it was it was very close, very close to home, obviously. Uh, damaged our, you know, damaged the windows and everything. And uh, I remember I got out of my truck when I got back to the apartment. I stepped on a nail. First thing I stepped on when I got out of my truck, on, you know, and I was wearing my Crocs. So I went all the way through the Crocs. And um, I remember I, there was just a, a bunch of us gathered at the front of my apartment complex. We lived at the, the fairways on 19th Street. And uh, I remember just staying there and watching um, first responders go in. I remember, and this, this is a very vivid memory to me. I remember seeing a woman in the back of a truck, and a paramedic holding a IV bag in the back of a truck, and she had a um, a desk leg put put through through her calf from like a um, uh, like a like a desk leg you'd find at a school, and um, I, I just it's a very vivid memory to me. Um, so, and I can tell you all that, even though that's many years ago now, is that because I went through a storm that day. And the point I'm trying to draw is when you go through a storm, you remember it. You know, it's something that, that sticks in your memory, whether it's a physical storm or a spiritual storm in your life, you remember it. Um, one more story. Uh, and this was a different kind of storm, but it was still physical, a physical storm that uh, when I was in high school, I believe I was a sophomore in high school, and I lived outside Eufaula, Oklahoma, and we had a really bad wildfire season that year. And I remember living in rural Oklahoma, you kind of go out and fight your own fires. And I remember it being very scary seeing, if, if you've ever seen wildfire move with, with high winds, it's very frightening. And um, I remember uh, helping one of our neighbors as we were trying to fight fire around his house. And it's just a very vivid memory to me, uh, late at night. And uh, it's just uh, just trying to drive home the, the point that storms kind of stick in your mind. You know, you kind of have a mental image of a storm. So going back to the fact, though, that Christians are not immune from, from storms. We're not immune just because you decide to follow Christ, just because you've decided to, to take your life in a certain direction to follow Jesus Christ does not eliminate the fact that you're going to uh, not have storms in your life. You're still going to have storms. Storms in life uh, can cause severe pain and hurt in your life. Whether you follow Jesus or not, you must understand that storms will come. You could have uh, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, a marriage problem, a car accident, money problems. All these could be different different storms in your lives that probably many of us have been through some kind of storm like that or perhaps that very thing. Um, but... Here's the good part. If you turn over in my, it's just one page back, in chapter 6, verse 8, this is Jesus talking still here. This is the good thing, though, that you can look at and think about when you're going through a storm, which it may be hard, but especially the hindsight after going through the storm. Verse 8, chapter 6, verse 8 says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before ye ask him. You can draw comfort from that verse right there 
because of the fact that the storm that, that you faced whenever, or let's, let's try to make it a little more realistic, the, the storm that you are going to face next month, that you don't know is there, but that storm that you're going to face, God already knows about it. It's not going to catch God by surprise at all. He already knows that that storm is, is headed for your life, but it doesn't change the fact that, that he loves you and that he wants the best for you and that he already knows what you need before you even ask. God knows the, the storms that you're going to face before you even face them. Sometimes storms are hurricanes or tornadoes or hailstorms, but sometimes they come in forms of spiritual attacks. Um, it, it's just, you know, storms are no fun, but it's just part of life. Uh, you know, often people will ask this question when they see somebody go through a storm is, why do bad things happen to good people? Have you all ever heard that question before? I don't have a good answer for it. I'll tell you, I, I don't. But I know that God's still in control all the time. I, the uh, hurricane that just um, missed Florida by, what, what was it? It was just uh, all three weeks ago that missed Florida by a little bit. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the hurricane's name. It, it really went over the Bahamas and kind of really slowed down and just pulverized the Bahamas. Anybody remember the name of the hurricane? But I'm drawing a blank. But um, So I get off at midnight. And I listen to a lot of different talk radio. Um, and the talk radio I was listening to during that event, somebody was making the case, and they, they were talking. I don't know, because I just turned the radio on. I don't know the whole situation. But they were talking about how so many people were praying that, that this hurricane would, would go around and miss Florida. And they were saying, do you believe that God, you know, heard all these people's prayers and that God, you, God allowed this hurricane to, you know, kind of miss Florida? And the person's response was, well, if you, if you hold to that belief, then you also have to hold to the belief that God hates the Bahamas because then he just let it. So, and, and you kind of see where I'm going there, but, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no reason, there's no good answer for why bad things happen to good people. Uh, there is a reason. Yes, God has a purpose in everything he does, but the fact is, and take it or leave it, but you're going to have to go through storms in life. They're no fun. They're part of life. So we looked at to see what Jesus was talking about when he said, um, when, when he was saying, you know, the follows these sayings of mine. We look back at the kind of overview of the Sermon on the Mount, and then we looked at um, the different descriptions of the storms and how the description's the same. Now let's look at the one part that was different in the story, the foundation. Actually, there's two different parts in the story. So verse 24, uh, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. So that's one man's situation. Then verse 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. So you got two different uh, structures here. You got a structure, a structure that's built upon the rock and a structure that's built upon the sand. You got the same storm applied to both of them, but you have different foundations. Um, my my experience in in building it's not it's not great, but uh, I when when we moved from Texas when I was twelve or so to Oklahoma, we built our own house. Uh, pretty much built everything ourselves. And, and I learned a lot about uh, framing and sheetrocking and painting and plumbing and electrical. Um, but I remember the foundation, and, and we didn't do a slab foundation. We did ours off the ground just a little bit. 
And, uh, I, you know, I had no knowledge really going into it, but I remember how deep down it seemed like that we dug our foundation, and then, and, and then we put piers underneath that. And um, it was just, I, I guess it's kind of eye-opening to me in the different kind of foundations. So I have a little bit of um, uh, knowledge on, on actual foundations, but then I also have a little bit of knowledge on foundation with sand because I used to, I remember going to the beach when I was a kid and building sand castles. Anybody else ever do that? Um, and I remember sandcastles did not last very long. I remember uh, we took a family vacation to South Padre one time. I remember building a sandcastle and then coming back the next day and it not being there. Has anybody else ever had something like that similar happen? Yeah. So I have experience in both kind of foundations, but the foundation with sand, obviously, you don't have any firmness. You don't have anything holding it together. The first man uh, was wise, and he listened to Jesus' teaching and built his house upon the rock. The second man was a fool who did not listen to Jesus' teaching and built his house upon the sand, so the rock. So what is the rock that Jesus is referring to here? The rock is God. It's God's word. That, that's ultimately what God, what Jesus is referring to here. He's referring to actually, you know, the ones that listen to my teaching, the, the teaching that I just taught, God's word, I will liken him to a wise man that built his house upon the rock. Um, Psalms 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. 24 times God is mentioned as a rock in the book of Psalms. Moses hit the rock and water came out, a picture of Jesus. Almost 60 times in the Bible, God is referred to as a rock. God is a rock upon uh, upon what the wise man built his house upon. So what's the sand then? If, if the rock represents God, what's the sand represent then? The, the foolish man that did not listen to Jesus' teaching, that built his house upon the sand, what does the sand represent? The sand, well, sand in and of itself, it's it's unstable. It, it whips around whichever direction the wind blows. Whichever direction the society's blowing, whichever way society says is the right way, that's the way the sand goes. If society says it comes over here, that's the way the sand is. Sand, it has no substance. It's just easily blown around. Sand is driven by the wind in whichever direction it's going. So the question is, what do you want to build upon? God or this world? Rock or sand? Do you want to build upon God's foundation, a foundation that, that will not move, that cannot move, or do you want to build upon the world's foundation, a foundation that is constantly moving? If you think about that, the, how the wind can just drive your foundation away. Uh, tonight, and I didn't, didn't plan this, but tonight we sing a song, How Firm a Foundation. It says this, it says, How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. God's word is our ultimate foundation. It's a foundation that has not moved, that has been constant. He said, well, how, how constant has it been? Well, the Bible is amazing in and of itself. Despite having 40 authors, 40 some, of, some odd authors, uh, writing from very different geography, very different parts of the world. I mean, it was centerized, centered in one spot, but, but different parts of the world, different societies, different uh, backgrounds of these authors, and nearly spreading over a 2,000-year gap, it does not contradict itself. That in and of itself should show you, well, that, well there's some proof in it then. There, there's some firmness in it. There's, there's fact that it's not going to change, that it's been the same. Uh, 
the song um, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. You have a choice in your Christian life. Uh, God's not going to force you to build your house upon his principle, upon his word. You, you, God gave you a free will to do as what you want. Um, you don't have to build your house upon something that is, that is grounded and true and has been proven. You can, you can choose to go build your house upon the sands of this world. And you know what? It, it might even be nicer. It might even be better. It might even be funner for a time. But it's only for a time. Why not build your house upon something that has uh, stood the test of time and something that is going to stand the test of time? And you say, how do you know it's going to stand? Because God said it would. That's how, that's how I know. The choice is set before you to either build upon, build your life, and you say, well, what, what do you mean build, build my life? Well, you have a choice to, to take God's word and let that be the principle for your life, for the, the reasoning for what you do what you do, for how you do what you do, uh, for the fact that you go out of your way to invite somebody to church, or the fact that you go out of your way at work or out of your way at the grocery store to, to talk to somebody about God, or the fact that you take... Uh, I, I used to work with a guy named Carlos, and he was from Peru, <laughs> and when I talked to him about Jesus... He could not get over the stumbling block of tithing. He, he, he could not get over that. And for that, it was such a hanging point for Christianity as a whole. Um, he was from Peru, and he, he had a Catholic background. As I think the majority of people from Peru are Catholic. But he could not get over the, the stumbling block of tithing. But you can choose to do what you want with your money, or you can invest it in something that is solid, that is grounded, that is not going to change, or you can do whatever you want with your money. God gave you a free will to do with, with your life as you want to, but how much more rewarding is it and to invest in something that, and I think I think Pastor quoted this the other day, I've heard this, this quote before, but he is no man to give up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Um, I'm drawing a blank on who said that. Did I say that right? No to give up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Jim Elliott, yes. But, so the, the point of the message is tonight is, is that you have a choice on what to build your life upon. You have a choice as a Christian <coughs> to either build your life upon God and his word and his principle or upon the world's philosophy. And you can get lots of different philosophy out there. There's philosophy all over the place out there. And, you know, like I said, it... it the Bible says that sin is is pleasure, but it's only for a season. You can go out there and, and live your life how you want to, or I submit to you the better choice is to live your life based and grounded upon something that will not change, no matter how, you know no matter what storm comes in your life. So that's my opinion. Uh, I I think I I I'm firmly grounded in that because I find it in God's Word. So I encourage you to live your life in a way that is grounded in God's truth in every single aspect of your life, no matter what it is. And always try to find something to relate back into God. So uh, we won't have an invitation tonight. We'll just all pray and we'll be dismissed. Lord, we come to you this evening and we are grateful for the opportunity that you presented me and uh, everyone here, Lord, just to... Uh, to hear your word, to, to proclaim your word, Lord.
And as I was talking to somebody today, Lord, that that they were saying, well, well, God knew that pastor wasn't going to be here tonight, and whatever that you're going to bring tonight, it, it, it will accomplish its purpose that God has. Lord, I pray that that is true. I pray that your word will not return void, and that hopefully somebody needed that, Lord, and that they would take that and apply that to their lives. Lord, we love you, and thank you for loving us. I pray that you bless each and every one that made it a point to be here, and, and pray that you just uh, protect them on their way home, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen.